Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. To all my listeners, please go to thedifferentbook.com and pick up a copy of my new children's book, Different. 10% of every book sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis charity, Emily's Entourage, which is searching for a cure for a unique mutation of the cystic fibrosis gene. I recommend Different to children ages five and up. Growing up as kids, we sometimes feel like we don't fit in with everyone else, whether it's our curly hair, a mole or freckle we don't like, being too tall or too short, the list goes on. Different teaches kids that we all have our thing and everyone is different, which means being different is normal. I'm very excited about this book and want to give as much as I can to Emily's Entourage, so please pick up a copy for your kids or grandkids or friends' kids and help me spread the word. Check out thedifferentbook.com for all the details. And if you haven't yet, please rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. It all really does help. to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah! Uh! Hope you're having a good day. Let's start the pod. What's up? Ah, oh, if you're still there, probably a new download popped in. The GK Show. What's going on? I thought that thing was over. I have had almost no time to get stuff done during this. Is it still quarantine? Are we quarantined still? Is it a lockdown, pandemic, whatever's going on? Uh, it started, what, March? March 14th for me. I was on the last, not the one of the, one of the last day cruise ships we're out. I was performing on one. And what an absolute shit show. Did I do a podcast since then? Oh, I should talk about that. I don't know if I've done one since then. But um, anyways, it's been great hanging out with my kids and my wife because I'm usually out of town all the time, you know, at clubs or with ships or whatever, doing comedy. Um, so that's been great. But because my wife was off work for most of this and then she finally went back a few weeks ago, um, and so it's just tough because we're just watching the kids all day, every day. And I used to get, up, you know, stay up late. I remember in my younger days, I feel so old now. I would just be like, I'm going to stay up till 4 a.m. and I'm going to get a bunch of stuff done. That's <laughs> so hard now. We put our kids to sleep. My daughter usually falls asleep right away. My son does not. And then so he finally falls asleep. Then sometimes, I, half the time I fall asleep with him. Anyways, okay, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? So, uh, well, I guess I just talk about it if, in case I didn't. Um, well, first off, I keep saying first off and changing the subject, but uh, I want to say that I have some lights I got set up and I'm going to create my first level into a bit of a little tiny mini uh, studio type thing. I'm going to start putting stuff out on uh, my YouTube channel because I've just been terrible at social media, at the internet. I just suck at the internet all around. I'm terrible at marketing and everything. But I noticed, uh, I had a comedian tell me a while ago, he's got like a big following and he was like, hey man, he goes, why don't you just do stuff on YouTube? 
He's like, how many followers or subscribers or whatever do you have on YouTube? And I was like, I don't know. I think a thousand. I looked. I have like two. 2300 and something whatever it's not bad for someone who like never concentrated on youtube i would just put out stand-up videos very sparingly over the last 15 years 16 years so uh, anyways i'm gonna start doing uh videos uh hopefully soon when i find i'm just gonna i gotta create the time to, to get this done but uh please go over there my youtube is youtube.com slash keith comic k-e-i-t-h-k-o-m-i-c so you i'll put it in the show notes youtube.com slash keith comic that's my channel i don't know how it works i don't know if everyone's gonna see the videos i put up <coughs> excuse me i know the algorithms always change and uh that's so depressing about all that stuff on the internet i used to have all these people following me who are fans of my comedy and now if i put something out they don't see it but whatever start from ground zero start from scratch whatever uh hope you guys are all doing uh okay whoever's listening hope i know this quarantine is just kind of depressing right um so i'm gonna read a couple articles about uh how people are coping during the social distancing and all that stuff world's on fire as always i feel like if there was a 24-hour news cycle and everyone competing for clicks and views at any point in history, things would be bad. You know what I mean? Because there's all sorts of shit going on throughout history. Can you imagine like a 24-hour news cycle 2,000 years ago or, you know, 400 years ago or 200 years ago? I mean, that'd be fucking insane. Everyone's just competing. Like, during the Civil War, what if there's a 24-hour news cycle on a bunch of stations in the internet? Everybody on social media, hashtag fuck Lincoln, hashtag (laughs) fuck Robert E. Lee. I don't know. It'd be weird, right? It'd be weird at any time. That's why uh, I always find it funny. There's a lot of people that always were like, man, crazy, crazy the time we're living in, right? And I'm like, I think that's everybody who's ever lived thinks, man, it's fucking nuts, right? Isn't it crazy what's going on right now? There's slavery. Isn't it crazy what's going on right now? There, we uh, just, people just came to our country or whatever, you know, it's like, whatever. Isn't it crazy what's going on right now? Another tribe just came in and stole our fucking land. Like everything is crazy all over the world all the time. Uh, can you imagine before people knew how big the world was when a, like a different looking group comes to your shores and you're like, what <laughs> are those people? What's going on here? Can you imagine if you were, uh, you know, I mean the native Americans or whatever, when they saw like, White Europeans are probably like, who the fuck are those people? But can you imagine any group, right? Can you imagine when uh, people, you know, came in, into Africa from like the, you know, up nor- north of Africa and then they were like, what the fuck is this? And then people, they came like, can you imagine like seeing a Japanese person for the first time? If you were African, you'd be like, what is this? And then Japanese person's like, what is that? And everybody. So anyways, I just think it's all crazy. I'm not... Uh, a master of the migration of humans throughout history, but if you look all over the world, there's just been crazy things, people, you know, coming into other people's land. So I think if there's a 24-hour news cycle back then, wouldn't that be nuts? You know what I mean? They're like, look at this person who looks nothing like us. What is this? It'd be on the news. They interview them. They're like, they're speaking a language. No one knows what they're saying. Literally no one. <laughs> what is happening? So... Anyways, uh, all right, so that, real quick, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I can't remember if I did or not. I was on the last group of cruises that were out. I was performing 
when uh, when everything got shut down, I actually had more work lined up that all just got taken away from me, which sucks. And uh, man, that last cruise. So usually they give away, you know, uh, they were starting to give away like, oh, hey, like incentivize people like, oh, we'll give you if you don't cancel your cruise. Some of you guys remember back in March, there was a. Uh, it was getting bad, but people didn't know how bad it would be or whatever, if things were going to be closed down or not. So, um, you know, businesses, of course, were just like, they want you to not cancel if you already made reservations. So they were giving incentives like, oh, hey, if you don't cancel, we'll give you free drinks to come board. If you don't cancel, we'll give you $250 credit for whatever, you know, massages or, I don't know, the spa, whatever. So I'm on stage, man, that first night. I was supposed to be the only comedian on the cruise. And then the last minute they got uh, this other comic, she came on. She was really nice. We hung out. But that first night, usually you just do your own show and the other comic does their own shows. But they were because she was last minute, I was on the 11 p.m. show, the first night of a three-day cruise out of Long Beach. So basically L.A., right? Those cruises are always rowdy. Even normal times, the three-day is like, those are the people that are, you know, it's the cheapest cruise. It's a party cruise. It's three days, so really you get on, you go hard that first day, you go hard that second night, you go hard that third, you know what I mean? Like people are just getting trashed normally. And uh, I've always kind of joked around, it's where every race sends its worst. <laughs> but uh, so I'm on, I'm, I'm on stage and I was like, man, I know this is gonna be rowdy because I, I've heard about these incentives they're doing to get, get people to stay on. So I knew it was gonna be rowdy, it's 11 p.m. show, so you know they've been like going hard since they got on the ship. It was fucking insane. I got on stage, the whole room smelled like weed. Everybody's hammered. There's like, it's not just like there's a rowdy group over on this side. It's like every group almost, not every group, but I'd say like 70% of the groups were rowdy for their own reason. You know, like this group is rowdy because they're high and they can't stop talking. They don't realize the show started. And this group's rowdy because they're fucking drunk. And this group's rowdy because they're celebrating something and they're drunk. And so it was nuts, right? So I get on stage and I'm like, man, this is going to be... Sometimes comedy, sometimes it's stand-up and you just walk up and the crowd just wants to, you know, like, oh, we'd like to hear some jokes. We'd like some material. And everybody's really polite and they laugh and they clap, you know, at the end of jokes they really like or make them laugh really hard. And then sometimes it's like, it's like survival mode, right? And I only had to do a half hour. Half hour, I mean, when you're new, that's a long time. But as long as I've been doing stand-up, it's nothing, right? I'm like, half hour, I can knock this out. You know, I can do a half hour, whatever. But when that situation, it's like you are just, you're like a carnival barker or something. You are just wrangling people. You're just keeping it all. You got to address. You can't ignore what's going on because people are so fucking rowdy. So I'm up there and it was great for like 15 minutes. And then the thing is with the group, because like, I'm just like going like, okay, these people are yelling out, blah, 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 attack them, whatever. It's like attack mode. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't even do material. You have to... Like this crowd just wanted to be attacked. You know what I mean? Like they, they're those people that think, oh, this is what comedy is. The, com the comic just gets up there and shits on us and it's awesome. Like that's what they think it is. And I always feel horrible because there's always other people there who are just sitting there like, oh, we thought we'd come to a show. And they probably had a couple drinks, but they're not shit faced. So it was that for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It was just like murder session, right? Like everybody, boom, boom, boom. And then I was like, man, I got to keep this going. I had to bring up the other comic so the last 10 minutes, you know, when it went down a little bit, I brought it back up again, finally. And I bring up the other comic on stage and it was good. Like I, I got out of that 30 minutes. I was like, man, 
that was, that's what I thought it was going to be. And I got through it and it went really, really well. And when I brought up the other comic who I hadn't met yet, by the way, I just like, as I shook her hand, I go, they are fucking animals. <laughs> and then we were just, the rest of the crews, uh, we were talking about how just insane the crowds were. And it got like, the next night, I remember it was like a little better the first show. I'm like, okay, cool. They want, they want to hear material. So then I just started doing my act, right? Everyone's loving it. It's a great show. And then like, I'd say about halfway through, this white lady's like, you're fucking real. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to not go well. Like this late, not, not saying it's not going to go well with me and her, but it's not going to go well. Like the, I, you can tell when somebody's like, hey, I'm having a good time and I want to yell one thing out. Like you could tell when that is, and you can tell when, oh, this person, woman, man, whatever, is not gonna shut the fuck up. And when the chief first said it, I was like, this, this is one of those. And she was dead center, middle of the crowd, so I had to address it. So then I'm like, going back and forth with her, of course she won't stop, and she's being nice. Like, she's trying to compliment me, and she's just so fucked up, she doesn't realize she's ruining, not ruining, because I'm like, I'm handling it well, but like, kind of just taking away from the show everybody was enjoying, but she doesn't realize it, so, She's just like, you're fucking so real. You're real. You are real. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, she's like, no, no, no. You're fucking real. <laughs> so it was that. So the thing that was funny with that that I remember, this is months ago now. I'm just re recollecting, remembering, uh, is that I'm like making fun of her because I have to because she's doing that. But I do it in like a nice way. Like, you know, I'm never like attacking or being mean. Like some some comedians go that route. I just think that's weird. Um and then her boyfriend, who was with her, was loving it. And then so uh, eventually, I kind of like she kind of stopped. I moved on. I started going into other stuff. She comes out again, starts talking again because she doesn't realize, you know, what's going on. And then so I say something again. And then the guy's like, "Come on, man!" Like this guy was like on my side. I was talking to him. I don't know where he just changes from not being on my side. He's like, "Come on, just like do some jokes." I'm like, "Motherfucker, your chick is like won't shut up. What do you want me to do?" And then everyone's laughing at him, so then I had to attack him, like in a nice way, obviously. I say attack, but I mean like I had to mess with him, and uh, it was all good. But anyways, that was a shit show. Now talking about it, I realize how much I miss being on stage. This is, I've never not been on stage for this long in my entire life. Like, well, well since I started doing stand-up, this is horrible. And I know that everybody's hurting and stuff. I have no idea when... Uh, stand-up is gonna be back in any sort of way. I mean, that is sitting in a, a, a room packed in with other people laughing into the air, it's, you know, spit coming out of your mouth. Like, I just don't know when that's gonna be a thing again. And obviously, if you're a big name, you can start doing different types of shows and you can sell tickets. But I mean, as far as like the level I've gone down to, <laughs> it's just, you know, I need to be booked by people who just are like, oh, we need someone funny, but I'm not really a big draw. Um, I don't know when that's coming back. So it's really depressing. I know there's a lot of comics that are hurting. I know there's a lot of people who are hurting. Um, I'm not big enough to go, hey, everybody, I'm doing a drive-in movie theater, which I saw some people are doing. Come $20 tickets. <laughs> like, I can't. I wish I could, so I gotta start finding other ways. I'm hoping the YouTube channel works out for that. Anyways, um, I've been, at first I was watching a lot of, uh, binging a lot of shows while I'm on my exercise bike. That's what I've been doing during the quarantine to stay fit because the gyms were closed, so I bought a stationary bike. 
and I'll just churn out on that and I have a TV downstairs where the bike is and I just, I'll, so I'll binge shows. It's kind of good because I work out a little longer than I probably would want to. Um, so I get a better workout and also I get some entertainment, you know. Uh, I just finished the third season of Ozark. If you guys haven't seen that show, it's great. If I could recommend a couple shows that are gonna, you're gonna be a little like, what? Should I watch that? Fauda, which is an Israeli show, so good. I don't know if I've ever seen a show where every episode is so suspenseful. You're just on the edge of your sh- edge of your sheet, edge of your seat. Every episode, Fauda, F-A-U-D-A. Uh, there's another Israeli show. I got into Israeli shows for a while. I'm not gonna name one of them because I thought it was okay. But the, another one that's really good is this show called Hostages. Um, those are great shows. Uh, I watched the Waco show a while ago. Oh my God. You guys got to watch Waco. It's really good. I remember when all that happened, the Branch Davidians. I remember David Koresh as a kid, but I never obviously looked into it too much. I I remember just being on the news and you're, and it was, the news was like, yeah, these are just these nutcases, you know, and, uh, they've got weapons and they're just like this cult, you know? And watching, the, apparently the show was done as accurately as possible because one of the guys who was inside the compound and an FBI guy, I think they both wrote books, so they wrote a book together. I think they both wrote books, and those two people, the real people, were involved with them, you know, uh, saying what happened in the show. So, so it's supposedly pretty accurate because usually they take a historical thing and then they just kind of add shit to make it good. You know, and a lot of, and sometimes the best part, you're like, I can't believe that happened. It's like that never happened. But this is supposed to be very accurate. Uh, my only thing, the only joke I gotta say about this is, so David Koresh, man, think about this. I'm a comedian. I've been all over. I've toured for 16, 17 years now, um, and people like seem to really think I'm really good at it. I'm so bad at marketing and convincing people to, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't want anyone to follow me, but just like be like a, you know, well, I guess I'm not bad at because there used to be outlets I just didn't stay on top of. Anyways, my point is this guy, his persuasion ability, David Crush, is amazing, right? Like this guy convinced all these people, hey, I'm like the Lamb of God or something. And they all believed he was like a prophet. Just that alone. How fucking hard would that be? Just take a deep breath and go, could I convince anyone? Can I convince two people that I was a prophet? Everybody would just be like, oh, you're nuts. He somehow did that, okay? Then he also convinced all of them that, uh, yeah, like the men, you know, you can't, sex is like a sin, and you got to focus on, I can't, I should have done this right after I watched it, but basically convinced them all not to have sex with their wives. And then also convinced them that he was going to take on the burden of sex for everybody in the group. And he was going to fuck all their wives. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that, right? Like, say I take, uh, say David Koresh comes up to me. He's like, hey, Jeff, come here, man. Come here. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the Lamb of God, right? And I'm like, yeah, totally, David. That's why I'm here. You know, you are Lamb of God, man. That's why we're all, we're all pumped about it. This is awesome. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, so here's the thing. Um, you don't get to, you don't get to have sex with your wife anymore because sex, you know, it's like a distraction. It's a sin. And I'm, you know, so just no sex. It's like, whew, man, are you serious, David? Yeah, man, it's just how it has to be, you know. God talked to me, and I know this stuff, and 
that's how it has to be, you know, like no sex. It's like, fuck, man, you know what? That is tough because I really enjoy sex, but whew, okay, man, I'm going to... I'm going to follow you on this one, you know, like no sex. I'm going to, I'm going to break the news to my wife, you know, no sex. And, uh, all right. All right, David. Good talk. Good talk, man. That's a, that's a big one, but I'm on board. You've convinced me. I'm on board with the no sex with my wife though. So I'll see you later. And David Koresh is like, Hey, Jeff, 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 real quick, real quick, man. Come back. That's all. I'm almost done. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? What? There's one more thing. He's like, yeah, just one more thing. Uh, I'm going to fuck your wife instead. What? Like, how do you make, how do you do that? How do you bring it from you can't have sex with your wife, convince someone, okay, to also I'm going to do it. I'll do it for you. And I talk to everybody else. They're on board. I'm going to sleep with all their wives. And don't be weird about this, okay? David Crush is telling everybody, don't be weird. It's just how it has to be, okay? Now you go and do the chores I told you to do. And I might fuck your wife right now, or I might not. Depends on what I feel like, okay? And if she wants to sleep in bed with you, and I want her to sleep in bed with me, she ain't sleeping in bed with you, okay? <laughs> uh, insane, right? So, insane. Uh, very, very interesting show, though, regardless of that part. All right. Um, what was the other? Okay, I'm going to get to... Let's talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. So, Jeffrey Epstein... Obviously, I think got taken out. I don't think that guy killed himself. I think most people think that. That's the one like unifying thing right now in the whole Democrat, Republican, left, right, libertarian, however you lean, everyone's kind of like, yeah, I don't think this Jeffrey Epstein guy killed himself. So uh, now Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, there's a, a documentary on Netflix. Uh, there's a little mini doc series about them, which is worth the watch. I think it's only like four episodes. So uh, definitely watch that. So, um, Ghislaine Maxwell is like his sidekick, his madam. She also uh, allegedly raped a bunch of underage girls and also groomed them and all this stuff. It's really, 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 really disturbing stuff because it's, uh, it's just, it just shows that there are people in the world, which I've known this forever, and I've always said this um, when everyone says, you know, something's a conspiracy theory or whatever. You know, I don't, I'm not one of those people that believes every conspiracy theory. I do think a lot of the stuff... There's a, I've always thought there's like a ton of stuff we don't know. I've always thought, ever since I was little and I was reading all these books about, you know, UFOs and stuff and all these different things and read like affidavits from people who were, you know, there from the military and all these different things. Anyways, I've always known that like we're only being told what we're being told. And there are people who, I'm not saying there's like five people in a room who get together. I'm just saying there are certain things that get covered up. And this is so scary because... It has to do with obviously the raping of children and it kind of just shows like ha how easy it is when you have money and you have power and you have influence and you know the right people and you just, you know, can, can uh, get dirt on someone. That's what I've always said when there's certain people who think like every conspiracy, like, oh, really? Like, how's no one talking about that? How, how has it not come out or whatever? First off, all you have to do is delegitimize anyone who talks about it. Uh, which happens all the time with alien stuff. People who talk about like where they worked in these places and all for the government, and then everyone just goes, "Oh, it's a kook. It's a weirdo." Like you just like you know, you call them crazy, and then you don't have to listen to anything else they say. Um, I don't know. I keep going back to aliens. Probably that's because that's a lot of the stuff I was reading when I was younger. But think about it. If somebody, all you, if you find people with a family or something to lose, even if they don't have a family, but if you have a family, especially if somebody kidnapped my kids and they were like hey we're only going to give you your kids back if you you know kill this person right 
who who wouldn't do that? Like, I mean, you try and find any way you can out of it, but say like you had no way out of it. Like, oh, if you don't do this, or you know, we're gonna we're gonna kill your family, and like you know that they have the means to do it or something. Wouldn't that just terrify you? Or or hey, like you know, uh, you are a witness to this thing. If you ever say anything about it, we know where you are. We will take out your family. Wouldn't anyone just be like, all right, well, I am going to just fucking pretend that never happened. I wish I could do something about it, but my kids are more important. My wife's more important. I'm not going to say anything. So I do think it's very easy. It's a lot easier, not very easy, but it's very, it's a lot easier than people think to shut people up. All you have to do is threaten their family, threaten even their own life, you know? But I mean, especially if someone threatens your kids, like, you know, if it was just me and I didn't have a wife and kids and I saw something and, or I knew something and I had evidence that I could bring forward, I, I probably, knowing me, I probably would be like, you know what, for the greater good of humanity, I think I'm going to put this out there. But if, so- but now that I have kids and a wife, if somebody's like, oh, we're going to take out your family if you do that, I'll be like, cool, we have an agreement. <laughs> I will shut the fuck up forever. Uh, if you ever need anything else, let me know. You know, like I would do anything for my kids and my wife. So, all right. So. Ghislaine Maxwell now, everyone is saying, these are the headlines as of this morning. Ghislaine Maxwell will plead guilty and start cooperating soon, former prosecutor predicts. So it's like, look guys, I hope Ghislaine Maxwell names names. I hope the people who are involved in this go down. I don't care who they are, Republican, Democrat, what country they're from, whatever, race, gender, uh, ethnicity, anything. Like if you are part of the raping kids and all this, it like go down. I hope you go down. Do I think it's going to happen? Does anyone think something weird isn't going to happen? Like I'm not saying they do the suicide thing with her too, but something's going to happen. You think Ghislaine Maxwell is just, this is just going to go smoothly. It's either going to be like way less than we want. The FBI apparently like stole from Jeffrey Epstein's Manhattan home uh, not stole. Why did I say stole? Took uh, from his Manhattan home um, a bunch of, like his black book, and it had all this like stuff with names and apparently a bunch of blackmail material on all these people. Where is that? The FBI's had that for like a year, I think. Where is it? How are we not seeing any of it? Like, or not uh, like seeing it, but like, how's that not in the news? Isn't that weird that that's not in the news? They have apparently all his black, not all, but a lot of his blackmail stuff. With high-level people, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just talk about coronavirus only. Let's do protests. Like, okay, that's fine. What about the fucking shit you got from Epstein's house? Where is it? So, anyways, I hope this lady does name names and all that. Uh, so let's read this it's a quick article. Former federal prosecutor Francie Hakes on Monday predicted. Okay, cool. That Jeffrey Epstein's accused madam and former girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, will plead guilty and start cooperating soon. Ghislaine Maxwell is maybe the last person left in the Jeffrey Epstein co-conspiracy that we know about, Higgs told Fox and Friends. I don't think she's the last person. What about Prince Andrew? Did you guys see that interview Prince Andrew did to try and clear his name? Guy is so full of shit. And then the, I think the royal family was like, uh, you need to just sit in a room and shut the fuck up from now on. Higgs said... That Maxwell is looking at a 10-year mandatory minimum sentence and a life sentence maximum. Hake said Maxwell will likely cooperate, quote, soon, including by revealing names of others who were involved in the alleged sex trafficking ring. Hakes doubted that Maxwell would refuse to cooperate, considering the possible penalties she's facing. She has to do... Can I say this real quick? I remember I was talking to my mom the other day, and she, my mom was like, why was she in New Hampshire? Like, wouldn't she, why would she just be that, like, you know, 
easy to grab type of thing. And I'm like, this lady thinks she's untouchable. And I heard that uh, this morning something. They said the same thing. If you think you're untouchable, you just fucking do whatever you want. If, if you know you have dirt on all these top people and you're like, yeah, no one's going to touch me because of that, then you just go wherever you want. You go to New Hampshire, you go to France, you go wherever, right? Um, quote, she has to do every day of that minimum 10 years and she's grown up a pampered, spoiled woman. There is no way that she would even consider going to jail for that length of time. Meanwhile, actress Rose McGowan is calling for Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton to be arrested next for their alleged ties to late Epstein. I mean, if Bill Clinton gets arrested, <laughs> what? Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying a former president of the United States being arrested in the United States. Can you imagine? Yeah, right. There's so. Can you imagine being president? There's probably so much shit that they know if you've been a president. Even if you haven't been president, there's so much stuff that they know about and all this, like... Who's going to arrest him? You're so connected at that point. You're so powerful. Now get Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew McGowan tweeted on Friday, just one day after Maxwell was captured by the FBI and NYPD in a rural New Hampshire town where she was hiding out. I wonder if Rose McGowan says that something happened to her uh, with Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew. The actress tweet was accompanied by a photo of Harvey Weinstein, Epstein, and Maxwell standing side by side with red X's over their faces. Maxwell is facing... Multiple sex abuse charges stemming from an alleged sex trafficking conspiracy involving underage girls in a six-count indictment unsealed after her arrest. Prosecutors allege Maxwell enticed minors to travel to Epstein's... What the heck just happened? Oh, my God. Maxwell's... Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, to travel to Epstein's multiple residences, including a multi-story apartment on Manhattan's Upper East Side, his residence in Palm Beach, Florida, and his ranch in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and to Maxwell's house in London. Following Maxwell's arrest, Audrey Strauss, acting U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, said she, quote, would welcome Prince Andrew coming in to talk with us. Apparently, Prince Andrew is not cooperating, by the way. Last thing I heard. Haig said that though each charge is an allegation, Maxwell is likely facing an overwhelming amount of evidence against her in the case. I think the U.S. Attorney's Office has lots of evidence against her. There are at least three victims who t all tell similar stories. There has been speculation in the media that Ghislaine Maxwell actually has video of some of these sexual assaults that have taken place over the years. If that's true, she will be providing that to the U.S. Attorney's Office, Haig said. If she does, can we see, not the video, but like, can we hear about it? Can it be in the news? Who was on the video? What's going on on the video? Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Trump, I don't care, whoever, right? I think she'll plead guilty because they have all, they all, what? Why can't I read anymore? I got all worked up. I think she'll plead guilty because they have all they need of her guilt against her. See, so what, though? Like, I hope she pleads guilty, too, but that's not enough of a reason. They had everything on Jeffrey Epstein, and what'd he do? Quote, committed suicide, right? Give me a break. All right, so, I mean, that's just that's just something we got to stay on top of. All right, I'm going to read uh, a couple. Here's an article from Psychology Today. I got to get going on some other stuff. Loneliness. Let's see how long this article is. Do I have time for it? Ooh, that's fine. Okay, here we go. We are, not lonely. we are not lonely during social distancing after all. New research shows that people have stayed connected during coronavirus. For months, we've been reading warnings that the coronavirus pandemic can make us lonely, but now researchers have good news. People are more resilient than we thought. A new study published in American Psychologist has found that social distancing has not led to more loneliness. Who did that study? Because I've been more lonely. I've been missing seeing other comedians at shows. I've been missing going out and doing things. Even though I'm, I'm not lonely because I'm with my wife and kids, but come on. 
For the nationwide study by Florida State University College of Medicine, researchers surveyed more than 2,000 people before and during stay-at-home orders. This was part of a larger study on how we are reacting psychologically to the COVID-19. But because feeling lonely in particular is a known health risk leading to higher rates of disease or death, the researchers felt it deserved attention. There has been a lot of worry that loneliness would increase dramatically because of the social distancing guidelines and restrictions, said lead author Martina Lucetti, an assistant professor at the College of Medicine in a press release. Contrary to this fear, we found that overall loneliness did not increase. Instead, people felt more supported by others than before the pandemic. That's surprising at first, but it aligns with some other recent research on how people can meet their social needs even without other people. And virtual eye contact can also give people a genuine sense of connection. But Lucetti felt it may have something to do with a sense of community. Even while physically isolated, the feeling of increased social support and of being in this together may help limit increases in loneliness, she said. See, I don't, I mean, this article, okay. I've heard suicide rates are going way up, which I predicted when they first shut everything down. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's a different type of loneliness. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're not lonely in a, in, in the way of like, oh, I'm talking to people more, we're FaceTiming, we're on Zoom, we're on Skype, whatever, but it's still not the same. Like, I mean, I can FaceTime my wife and kids when I'm out of town, but I can't touch them, I can't hug them, I can't kiss them, so it's not the same. So yeah, I'm probably less lonely because FaceTime exists and I can use it when I'm out of town, but does that mean I'm not lonely? I mean, I'm incredibly lonely when I'm on the road. Anyways. Participants reported how lonely they felt. Study participants were recruited from all over America and were adults between the ages of 18 and 98. The first, can you imagine being 98? You want to know if I'm lonely? Well, my great-grandkids don't visit as much as I'd like. The first survey was done in early February before the U.S. was widely considering the coronavirus to be a threat. But once the pandemic arrived, the researchers ran a survey in mid-March during the period of 15 days of social distancing announced by the White House. Then they ran a second survey in late April after people had been home for a while and as guidelines were set to expire. Remarkably, older adults reported less loneliness than younger ones. Although they did feel lonely temporarily at the start of stay-at-home, this held true for individuals who lived alone or had a chronic health condition. Perhaps that's because they already felt lonelier than most people do, but it's still good news that social distancing did not make it worse. Prior to the pandemic surveys, studies had found that 35% of adults and 40 of adults 45 and older reported feeling lonely and 43% of those age 60 over age 60 reported feeling lonely. Other research has shown that younger adults are actually lonelier than the older age group. That makes sense. Nonetheless, people did well when facing social distancing during stay at home orders. Despite a small increase among some individuals, we found overall remarkable resilience in response to COVID-19, said Angela Sutton, associate professor of behavioral sciences and social medicine and senior author in the press release. Are they just doing better than expected or are they doing well? Are we doing well or just better than expected? Social distancing may be hard, but we are creative and resilient. Experts have been very worried about how social distancing would impact our mental health. Feeling lonely is considered a key risk factor both for medical and psychological problems. It makes sense to be concerned. According to Lucetti, quote, even these transient feelings of loneliness can have a negative effect on health, meaning there could be dangerous unintended consequences if loneliness increases in response to the restrictive measures taken as a result of the pandemic. But even with all the concern, Americans are showing just how resilient they are. And that's something we often forget, that we have a long history of facing difficulty with resourcefulness. 
from the widely reported virtual high school, college, and family reunions to the increased phone calls to grandma, people found ways to connect. Suburban teenagers even had, quote, social distancing tailgates. They borrowed their parents' SUVs, parked six feet apart, and sat in trunks shielded by partially closed doors. Quote, just knowing that you are not alone, that everyone is going through the same restrictions and difficulties may be enough in the short term to keep feelings of loneliness down, Sutton said. It may come as a surprise that overall people actually felt more supported socially during their separation due to stay-at-home orders, but it should not. Humans respond to stress by trying to connect and are innately creative about it. Given that we could face more lockdowns from COVID-19 or future pandemics, knowing that we can do it is very encouraging. All right. Well, I don't think it's a good way to live forever. I think, you know, I had a conversation with a, a neighbor about movie theaters and he's one of those people that thinks, oh, everything, you know, it's all going like virtually. You could do it at home. Like he doesn't even go to the grocery store. He just orders stuff from, you know, they have it delivered. I enjoy going to the store. I like getting out of the house. I don't like the idea of, even if I had a really dope, super cool house. Um, sorry, I'm in my house. I feel like I need to apologize to my house. You got, you're all right, but you're not like huge, you know? But if I had like a huge, dope mansion... I wouldn't be happy just being in it all day, would you? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that's not a way to live. Uh, I like getting out of the house. I like going to the store. Obviously, there's certain things like, oh, if I could just order that on Amazon or something instead of going to pick up like one thing from one store that you only know, you need one thing from that store. I get that. Um, but I like getting out. I like doing things. So anyways, I had this conversation about movie theaters and he was saying, yeah, it's, you know, it's all going streaming. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think movie theaters, clearly, I mean, even the last couple of years, they're not what they used to be, I don't think, uh, because there are all these streaming options at home. And for someone, this is the thing, this guy's got little kids like my kids. So yeah, for us right now, it is easier to be like, hey, you want to just sit on the couch, have a glass of wine and watch a movie, you know, on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. That's easier, but I mean, I know people like my parents, uh, you know, they don't have any kids at home or anything. They like going out to the movies. They, they like the idea of going to the theater, you know? And I know theaters were kind of hurting the last uh, few years because they're doing other things like, you know, you can get food here and alcohol and everything at the theater. But uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't think theaters are going to be what they used to be, but there is something about going out to the movie theater. I mean... I don't know. Maybe I'm just becoming old and I'm like, this is not how it used to be. <laughs> but I just think it's weird to be a, a kid. It was like fun to go, oh, like me and my guy friends are meeting these girlfriends of ours at the movie theater. And you meet them at the theater. Like, what is it now? Like just, oh, we'll meet in, you know, our basement of our, uh, someone's house or someone's parents aren't home. We'll all just go watch a movie. Like that's like a different type of hangout. That's like, oh, let's, Let's hang out down the basement and tongue kiss and finger bang, you know, rub on boobs. Uh, I wonder if young girls, hopefully, no, they don't talk like that, right? Oh, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to I'm gonna tongue kiss <laughs> Brett and I'm going to rub his dick. <laughs> I'm going to rub on his penis from the outside of his jeans. He's going to get hard and he's going to touch my breasts. And then I'm going to go home and he's going to go home. <laughs> like, I don't know what young girls talk about, but... I don't know. I just think going to the movies was like a fun thing. It's like, cause you know, my parents, at least for me, my parents would take me to the movies when I was a kid. And then you get older and it's like, I'm going to the movies by myself with, you know, my friends and I'm going to the movies and we're meeting up with girls there. And I don't know. I, I know everything changes, but I don't see movie theaters completely going away. And I sure hope they don't. Cause I bought stock in Cinemark and if it goes back up to where it was, <laughs> 
I'll make a lot of money, but if it doesn't, I'm fucked. So, anyways, I don't know. How are you guys? guys let me know. The email's always in the show notes if you have anything to say about how you guys are doing during all this. Uh, I'm uh, probably going to write another children's book. My children's book that I have is doing really well after shows. Now I gotta, I'm finding ways to market it. I've reached out to some people, and I'm also learning some tricks of the trade on my own. But uh, if you're a parent or teacher or anything, uh, check out my children's book, thedifferentbook.com. Um, I think I'm just going to adapt like this pilot I wrote to make my next children's book. I wrote an animated show a while ago that people thought was really good, so I'm going to make that. I already have kind of the cartoon versions of the characters, some of the main characters, so it'll be easier um, for the illustrator. So I'm just going to, maybe that's my thing. Maybe stand-up's done for me, and I just write children's books and uh, all that. Just kidding. I don't think stand-up, every time I think, like, oh, I got to figure something else out, I'm like, man, I can't, I don't know if it sounds weird, but, like, it's really hard to imagine myself not performing. I just love it so much. Um, I don't know what it's gonna be like too. I talked to some comics and they're just like, what is stand-up gonna be after this? Everybody is so like hateful and angry on both sides. I just like making people, like that was like the best thing about performing is I'd perform in front of people who didn't know me. I mean, every now and then there's people who are like, oh, I knew who you were from, you know, whatever they see me on. But for the most part, it's a bunch of strangers. You win them over. You know, there's white people, black people, Latino people, Asian people, people from all over, you know what I mean? You have going to different states and everything. And, you know, if you work Vegas or cruise ships, it's like people from all over just are in the same room. But it's also fun going to different cities and being like, oh, I'm, perf- I, you know, I didn't grow up in Oklahoma. I'm performing for these people in Oklahoma and they're having a great time, you know? Uh, so I love that. I love people just having a good time uh, whenever I would do anything like, politics related on stage which is like not very often but when i would do material i always uh didn't do it in a way where i was calling one side stupid or dumb like i just what happened to just having a laugh what happened to like getting along i feel like people it's weird i was talking to uh one of my wife's uncles and uh we were talking where were we talking at my daughter's is that her birthday party or something did they even come to, I don't know if it was that, or it might have been Father's Day. I can't remember. Anyways, and I was saying, yeah, man, I go, like, you look at the news, and they make it like no one gets along, and then I walk outside my house, and I just happen to live in, like, this extremely, I mean, LA's already very diverse, but where I live, uh, the group of, like, all these, like, the, the community I live in, it's so diverse. Like, it's insane how just in, like, our small little community, how diverse it is. There's a bunch of black families, there's a bunch of Latino families, there's uh, some white people, there's Asian people, uh, there's Middle Eastern people. Like, it's fucking nuts. Like, you, like ev- we have, like, everything. Um, if I left anyone out, I'm sure you're here. But, and because of the whole uh, lockdown situation, like, every, you know, people have been home more, and you get to meet people that you never really talked to before. And it's, like, everyone's so nice. Like, everybody's nice. Everybody gets along. You know, we'll sit out there and, like, have drinks and talk to some neighbors or playing cornhole and everything. It's like... I walk out and everybody's smiling. It's like, oh, hey, what's up? Oh, what's your name? Okay, cool. Like, and everyone's like happy. And we, there's a lot of like mixed families here. Um, there, yeah, just in like, I'm thinking of just like a few families. It's like, obviously my family's mixed. And then there's, right next to us, there's like a Mexican dude and his wife's from Japan. I remember, I think they moved, but uh, yeah, I know they moved actually. This guy, John, who lived across from me, he was black. His wife was Japanese. There's, uh, I think, 
Ed, that guy, he's black, and his wife is... Is his wife white or... No, his wife's Asian. A lot of, a lot of people mixing with Asians in my community. Uh, but anyways, there's like all these like mixed people, mixed families, like not mixed families, but everyone's just like so nice. And it's like, and then you turn on the TV, you go in your house, you turn on the TV and it's like, did you know everyone hates everyone? Like no one gets along. And then I go outside and it's like, Hey, hi neighbor. Hi neighbor. Hi neighbor. Hey buddy, what's going on? How are you doing? Oh, how are your kids? Oh yeah. And I just like have these long conversations sitting outside on my patio with my neighbors. That's been a great part about it too. The only thing that sucks about it is I can't work. So I got to start doing more of this and uh, make sure to check out the YouTube channel. Like I said, I was going to read a couple more articles, but uh, as usual, I got long-winded. So anyways, guys, uh, check out the show notes if you want to get in contact and uh, see any of the links for anything. And oh yeah, I got to put the link to my YouTube channel because hopefully in the next week or two, I will start cranking out videos. I think I got to get rid of this. I have this old couch downstairs that is just taking up too much space and it's turned into a real piece of crap. So Anyways, uh, hope you guys are all great. If anybody's struggling with anything or wants to reach out uh, privately or anything, it's all in the show notes. All right, hope you're well. Love you, bye. Thank you for listening to my daddy.